Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. I don't know the first thing about investing my money, and it is all so overwhelming, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I love that Acorns makes it so easy and how you don't need a lot of money to get started. So head to acorns.com creepers or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com creepers. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC, Acorns, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the Roaring Twenties. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on chapter six and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right. Let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. Okay, real quick. I learned something tonight. And did you know the translation for sangria is blood? I know. Oh. Sangria, what? Sammy Sangria in the house. Major shouts to my bartender, Rhino. <laughs> wah, 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 rhino. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I got, I maybe got a free drink, so I promised him a shout out. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real-life creeps, from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. How do you tell the people that they've touched our hearts, our little tiny black hearts? Well, I I think you just say it just like that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you out there? Are you listening? (laughs) So we had a crazy winter storm last week, and I had no power for like three of those days. If you didn't see our Instagram and Facebook posts, we were not able to post this episode last week. So we have it up for you today, but wanted to give a little explanation and really just wanted to thank everybody like the outpouring of support we got from you guys of just 
people checking in with us and the DMs. I finally and all know what that. it means when people are like, my DMs were blowing up. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this what it feels like? <laughs> and then I felt bad because I'm like, well, I'm fine. I'm in Kentucky, but. <laughs> it really, it made me feel really good. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate y'all checking in. It, it's been a really tough week, but we're all on the other side of it now. So now balmy 75 there, right? <laughs> Above, yeah, it is like 65 degrees here now. It's beautiful. It was a beautiful day today. I went and rode my bike and then fell off of it and now have a back problem. So Kristen's having one hell of a week. Oh, one hell of a week. I've been debating talking about Stella on the podcast, but I feel like... You want to give her a shout? Oh, I don't. Have we talked about her before? She's on the IG. Oh, yeah, she is. Okay. I feel like the people. Um, And then on top of the winter storm, my beloved dog, Stella, got really sick over the weekend. And um, we found out she is in congestive heart failure and had to put her down on Monday. <laughs> oh, sister which is the worst. So been dealing with that. So just a lot, just a lot going on. So we just really appreciate um, the listeners hanging in there. Then then our Buzzsprout, <laughs> our podcast server was was under a DDoS attack. Yeah, 2021 literally is like, I mean, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. And I'm really sad about Stella. I miss her every second, but glad to have the podcast to focus on. <laughs> yeah, it's such a um, positive and joyous topic that we're covering. Absolutely. Usually. Yes. I, you know, maybe focusing on other people's problems. Maybe this is why people <laughs> like true crime. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Maybe I can uh, focus on somebody else's problem and not be thinking about myself and all my problems. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine, but the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pro's proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. All right. What is tonight's epi? Today, I am telling you a story about a MySpace hoax that ended in tragedy. Yes, I love MySpace. Who's on your top eight? Go. <laughs> uh, you. 
No, I wasn't. Was I really? I surely you were. Did we have MySpace? I mean, were we were we friends when we had MySpace? Right, that was like our yeah, college. We were, it was in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the case we're talking about today deals with suicide. And so I usually list resources at the end, and I will again, but I just wanted to say at the top that if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 8255. Also, the Suicide Prevention Resource Center is there to help identify warning signs if you're concerned about someone. So please check them out at sprc.org. Hey, peeps and creeps, you're not alone. You're not alone. And we love you. Yeah. My biggest sources for this episode were a series of articles by Steve Pokin, who was the first to break this story, and the article Friend Game by Lauren Collins in The New Yorker. It was September. 2006, and Megan Meyer was 13 years old when the MySpace friend request popped up. For those Gen Zers out there, or anyone that doesn't remember 15 years ago, oh God, MySpace. 15 years ago. <laughs> I think that's being kind, too. <laughs> 15 years MySpace ago. MySpace was, uh, it was like the original Facebook, but worse. Uh, worse? You had- <laughs> no. First of all, your girl had like an O-Town song playing. Glitter background. You could put little, yes. like, remember the icons? I had a glitter striped background. And and it had, like, a blog. I had, like, all of my business out there. Like, I cannot believe he broke up with me. <laughs> like, in a journal. Yeah. Oh. you had It had a profile you could customize with music, different backgrounds, <laughs> O-Town, the works. <laughs> Um, I probably had some NSYNC song playing. <laughs> or Eminem. Surveys were all the rage. Do you remember the surveys that yes. would like go around constantly? I would get mad when like, my boyfriend or friend wouldn't complete the survey. Oh, no. And then, of course, it had the dreaded top eight. Rue the day you logged on to see that you'd been moved down a spot. <laughs> on someone's top eight or moved off it completely. I still remember when my friend had to call and tell me why our friend was higher than me on his top eight, because that was like a real thing people cared about back then. It was so stupid. And I'm so glad we're not there. (laughs) Wait, do you remember when, so when we first had it, you had your top eight and then they let you customize. It could be your top Anything, you couldn't go higher than eight, but it could be like your top four. And I remember making it a top four and what, and organizations had it. So I remember there was like, you know, I made Delta Gamma my top one or whatever. And then, and I remember making it only a top four and then it was like my boyfriend and then you and one other person, I think maybe my little, and that was it because I was like, I cannot have this drama. And I would check if I had moved down other people's. (laughs) I'm having, I'm yeah. like really getting triggered right now. Ooh. I know. It was like really something you cared about. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sure this story anyway. is very sad, but you just brought me back to a very happy and simpler time. Uh, yeah. Cause we never had to experience what Megan Meyer had to go through. So this friend request that she got was from a boy that she didn't know who was named Josh Evans. And Megan thought he was hot. So fun. He was. So fine. He was 16 years old, had big blue eyes, a chiseled jaw, wavy brown hair. And according to his profile, he was 6'3". 
She begged her mom, Tina, to let her accept the friend request. She was going on and on and on about how hot Josh was. And so her mom, Tina, checked out his page. She was laughing at how excited Megan was. And she told her that she could accept the friend request. Oh, so her mom was filtering friend requests. That's good. Yes, we will go into that. Josh and Megan started talking back and forth constantly, and Megan looked forward to getting home every day so she could check her messages and write back. He said he was from Florida, but he'd recently moved to O'Fallon, Missouri, which was the town that Megan lived in. He was homeschooled. He played the guitar and the drums. He even had a sob story worthy of the bachelorette. He told her when he was seven, his dad left him and his two brothers, the youngest being a newborn at the time. He told her how hard it was for his mom having such a hard time with three boys and finding work after he left. Megan was getting to be head over heels for him, and it seemed like he really liked her too. Yeah, I yes. Mm-hmm. Tina, Megan's mom, kept a very watchful eye on Megan's online activities and only allowed her to get online from the family computer in the basement. About a year before, she'd caught Megan and her friend playing catfish, years before the term would even be created by the movie. Mm. They had created a fake profile with a picture of a model, and when Tina found the fake profile, she took Megan's MySpace away for a while. I'm so glad I never did that. That is definitely some shit I would have pulled. I know. Me too. You know, like, not to be mean, but just like, oh, I wonder if I could pass as so-and-so, you know? Well, and if I had it in high school, like Megan's in middle school, you know, if I had it in high school, I'm sure me and my friends would have created some fake profile just to see like what people were saying about us behind our back or something, you know. But Megan begged and begged and begged to get her MySpace back and Tina eventually gave it to her, but with restrictions. Tina and Megan's dad, Ron, would be the only ones who knew the password. Not even Megan would know it. Her profile had to be private. They had to approve all content, all friend requests, and they had to be in the room while she was on. So she created the account with the name Megan Baby. That's <laughs> baby with a baby with an eye. Angel chic. <laughs> uh, I, I am not judging. And her aim screen name was Pretty and Bling sixteen. Because uh, I knew you want to know that. <laughs> yes. Thank you for finally providing the content I needed, and I respect that. Yes. There were other reasons Tina was so wary of the online world of MySpace. Megan had always struggled with her self-esteem. She was diagnosed with ADHD and depression, and she was on prescriptions for both. Her mom had taken her to the psychiatrist when Megan was in third grade after she'd talked about suicide. Oh, my gosh. In third grade? In third grade. I know. I know that that's, like, not that uncommon, but that's heartbreaking. I know. It is really sad. She also struggled with her weight, and she would make comments about the way she looked compared to other girls all the time. But there were also a lot of things she really enjoyed. She loved fishing with her dad and watching horror movies. She had a chihuahua named Barry that she just adored. (laughs) She was known as someone fearless and loud and funny and kind-hearted, and she had a great imagination. I'd be friends with her. I know. I would, too. Absolutely. But she still had her typical middle school problems. In seventh grade, like every other seventh grade girl in America, Megan desperately wanted to fit in. And she wanted to wear makeup and dress like she was grown. That's truly, you said seventh grade? Uh Uh-huh. That is honestly the only reason why I tried out for cheerleading because I just knew and because I tried out, you know, in junior high, I knew that would be my ticket to being 
popular or in the in crowd. So I tried out for cheerleading and guess what else? I asked my mom if I could start carrying a purse. (gasps) A purse. Yeah. And I mean, that was my ticket to like the in crowd, you know? I never, I don't want to say I didn't care. I cared. I think I always knew I wasn't going to be like the most popular girl in school. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to have like a group of friends. And I right. was like desperate for that. And I was so clingy and needy with my friends. Like if like this is why I'm like, thank God there wasn't a top eight when I was in middle school. Because literally right. if, if I had a friend in middle school that moved me down, I would have been devastated. I mean, devastated. It would have yeah. like it's so you just care so much about what people think in middle school. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for things to spread. I mean, I can't imagine now with the internet, I mean, you know, passing notes. Just for the record, cheerleading and carrying a purse did not get me in the in crowd. I was fine. <laughs> I didn't get picked on. But I was just like, no one knew who I was. It was great. I had like my three friends. And you're right. That's all I wanted. But you have this idea that you need more, you know? Yeah, you definitely have this idea of like the more friends I have, the better mm-hmm. person I must be. Right. Like I must be superior because I have more friends, but she has more friends than me. So I'm not as good as I don't know. It's so stupid. Megan also had problems with some friends. There was a girl in her neighborhood that she was friends with named Sarah. And it seemed like they just had one of those up and down friendships. One day they were best friends. The next they weren't friends at all. I'm sure we've all had those middle school (laughs) and high school friendships because you you really don't know anything about being a friend at that stage in life. Like that's what you're learning. You know, you're learning what friendship is and, and how to be friends and what it means to be a good friend. Because in middle school, you know, a good friend might just be somebody that like invites you to hang out all the time. But right. you don't recognize that, you know, when they're being, a, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When oh, they're not nice. <laughs> <laughs> when they're not nice. Yes. So it just seems like Sarah was a lot like I was in middle school, you know, super clingy. She would interpret any time she wasn't included in something as a major slight. And Megan was just kind of over it. So by the next year, she decided that she didn't want to be friends with Sarah anymore, and she ended the friendship. When Megan was in eighth grade, she switched to a private school, and she seemed to thrive. They wore uniforms, so Megan wasn't obsessing about her clothes or her hair anymore. She joined the volleyball team. She lost weight. She seemed really happy. And now she has a new friend, this online friend, Josh Evans. And now I get to tell you who I'm picturing. Okay, who? Jenny Humphrey, Gossip Girl. Oh, God. All right. All right. All right. Let me have it. it. Okay. I'll let you have it. Every day, she'd come home from school so excited to talk to Josh again. Tina wasn't too thrilled about the friendship, Megan's mom. Josh had messaged Tina once on accident thinking that she was Megan, and she just got a really weird vibe from him. He'd asked if Megan wanted to pet his snake, which she thought was a super gross euphemism. I'm sorry. Who messaged you by accident? Josh, I think I think Tina was on the computer oh, and maybe like had her profile in. up. Got yeah, it. so he messaged Megan, but she was the one that got the message. So she told him that she thought he was too old for her daughter, and then she called the police to try and verify his account. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do that, Tina. I'm sorry. I wish they could. I, I want to like, know how that 911 call <laughs> went, though. <laughs> yeah, and also, Tina, his snake is 100% what you thought he meant. 
Like, what do you yes. mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. But then I think he also asked if she wanted to pet his tarantula. So I'm like, I don't uh, know. Is that, is that another thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know. some more furry thing? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh. Oof. Ooh, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Megan jokingly told Josh that her mom had called the popo on him, her Ooh, exact words. And he told her <laughs> he told her she was probably just trying to keep Megan safe. Josh would call her his beautiful princess, and Megan would Oof. tell anyone who would listen how amazing he was. And I mean like all capital letters. Oh yeah. Josh equals amazing. Exclamation point, exclamation point, Doodling. exclamation point. Doodling oh, yeah. on her trapper keeper. Like, oh, I'm sure. Up in her journal with her sure. jelly roll gel pen. Probably had his like initials on her hand. I heart J E. Yep. <laughs> Remember those jelly roll gel pens? Oh, you know. You already know. Oh, God. Did you already I'm say li- this? Did did they live? Did they already verify like, oh, we can't meet in person because I live far away? Or what is the proximity where they are? Do we know? Yeah. Megan wanted to meet up with him, but it just hadn't happened. Okay. Megan had become noticeably happier since Josh Evans had sent her that friend request. Until, that is, October 15th, 2006, when everything changed. She got a message from Josh that said, I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore because I've heard that you are not very nice to your friends. (gasps) Megan asked him what on earth he was talking about. She was panicking and he didn't respond. She continued to ask him who had told him that, where he got that idea, Nothing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know who this is. You do? I feel like I do. Like you've heard the story? No. But oh. I feel like he's not. I feel like it's the friend down the street. Oh. Well, <gasps> hmm. the next day, October 16th, Megan passed out invitations for her 14th birthday that was coming up soon. They were going to play flashlight tag around the neighborhood. Oh, hell yeah. Love flashlight tag. <laughs> I've never played. I've <gasps> okay, only seen it on Pete you. and Pete. Okay, I don't know what that is. Don't you dare talk about my childhood and pop culture. If you've never played flashlight tag or capture the flag, sit down. Because I'm not sure if I've played capture the flag either. That's okay. I know you what know what? Is. Pause for a second to all the people that are coming for me that I don't know these movies or these TV shows. You know why? Because I was outside in my youth <laughs> playing flashlight tag, capture the flag, playing Titanic on the trampoline. You name it. <laughs> I'm your girl. I built a clubhouse in a tree. So that is what I was doing with all my little hoodlum friends in the backyard. <laughs> Thank you very much. Drop the mic. Uh, we were all doing that also, but we also all watched <laughs> Clueless. <God>. So. <laughs> flashlight tag how fun i know megan came home desperate to log onto myspace to see if josh had messaged her back so tina logged on for her because she had the password but tina was distracted she was trying to get megan's little sister allison ready to go to the orthodontist so she told megan to log off when she left the house and megan promised that she would but she didn't you see megan was in the midst of an attack And she was desperately trying to defend herself against Josh and several of her other so-called friends. They were posting cruel bulletins about her on MySpace, calling her a slut, calling her fat, you know, the real creative insults from middle school jerks. By the time Tina got home, Megan was in tears. (gasps) 
Tina looked at what Megan had been sending back to them and she got upset with her for not logging off. And she saw that when someone had called her fat, Megan had responded with, I'm skinny now, which makes me so sad. And Tina asked her why she said that. And Megan yelled, you're supposed to be my mom. You're supposed to be on my side. Yeah. And it was the last thing that (gasps) she would ever say to her mom. Oh, no. Please don't tell me this is how this goes. 20 minutes later, Tina says she just had the worst feeling that suddenly came over her. She just knew something had happened to Megan. She ran up to her bedroom to find that she'd hung herself in her (gasps) closet. She screamed, and Ron ran into the room, Megan's dad. He ripped the shelving down that she was hanging from. He started giving her CPR. An ambulance was called, as well as a neighbor of theirs who took over CPR for them, but he couldn't find a pulse. Oh, my God. EMS arrived and took over for him. They were able to get her pulse back, but Megan Meyer died the next day, three weeks before her 14th birthday. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is... Way too young. Like, it's never okay. But I am, oh my God, I'm sick to my stomach. I know. She'd really been looking forward to her birthday party. She was supposed to get her braces off the day she died, which for some reason just broke my heart when I heard that. Oh my God, I'm crying. I'm sorry. What what happened to these friends? What happened to these friends? So-called friends. Hang on. Yeah. The last message Megan saw from Josh said, Everyone in O'Fallon knows how you are. You're a bad person and everyone hates you. Have a shitty rest of your life. The world would be a better place without you. (gasps) Oh, my God. I know. Megan's dad, Ron, said, if only she had waited, talked to somebody, just made it to dinner, then through the evening, and then on to the beginning of a new day in what could have been a remarkable life. If she had, he says... There's no doubt that she would have chosen to live. Instead, there is so much pain. Oh, <laughs> sister. I know. It's just so. So like, real. I feel like it happens. Yeah. I know. The Josh Evans MySpace account was deleted almost immediately. Tina and Ron tried to message the account just to let him know how his words could affect people. But the account was gone. After Megan died. Tina and Ron Meyer went to visit Sarah Drew, the neighbor down the street that had been friends with Megan. They told her the news and told her that even though she and Megan had had their ups and downs in their friendship, that Megan had really valued that friendship. The Drews were a big support for the Meyers after Megan's death, and the families became even closer. Mm -hmm. Six weeks after Megan died, it was two days after Thanksgiving, Tina and Ron got a call from a neighbor, a single mom they didn't know very well, with a daughter the same age as Megan. She said they needed to come that morning and meet them at a counselor's office in O'Fallon. She had some information they needed to know, but she wouldn't say anything else. Hmm. Tina and Ron went, which I've got to say, props to this mom, because I think this is the absolute best way that she could have delivered this news to them by calling them to a grief counselor's office and telling them together there. Right. So whoever that was, she preferred not to have her name out. Really, I just think that's that's excellent. So Tina and Ron went and sat down with the grief counselor and this neighbor who told them something so incredibly disturbing. Oh, no. As I'm sure we've all guessed, Josh Evans did not exist. Yes. 
But the disturbing part is that Josh Evans was not a prank created by a middle school kid. No, Josh Evans was created by adults. (gasps) By adults? Grown adults. Oh, so not. Oh, no, no. And the adult who was clever enough to come up with this ridiculous hoax was someone that the Myers knew well. Lori Drew. Lori was the mother of Megan's friend, Sarah. (gasps) After Megan died, they'd been spending more and more time with the Drews. They went to Sarah's 14th birthday party soon after, but Ron had to leave before they sang happy birthday. They also attended Sarah's father's 50th birthday. They were even storing a foosball table for the Drews in their garage, a Christmas present for their kids that the Drews had asked them to keep so that the kids wouldn't find it. Like, the audacity. The audacity. Why is a full-grown adult mm-hmm. playing with a child's emotions? Like, wh- why? I-, I need answers, and if you don't have them for me... I got something for I- you. <laughs> okay. So this mother at the counselor's office, she told the Myers that Lori had laughed about the whole hoax and that she'd intended to mess with Megan. Lori had created the Josh Evans profile tailor-made to attract Megan. The photo, the sob story. They even put on his profile that Josh was looking for a girl with long brown hair like Megan and that weight didn't matter to him. Details that would guarantee Megan would be reeled in. When the Myers got home from the counselor's office, they had no idea how to process or handle the information they'd just received. So they went and got that foosball table out of the garage. They got an axe and a sledgehammer, and they went to town on this foosball table, smashing it into pieces. And I... Yes. I hope... I know I wasn't, like, very thrilled about the axe. <laughs> Activity this is an excellent use of an axe. This is an excellent yeah. use of an axe. Yeah. I hope it was a little cathartic for them, you know? They put all the pieces in a box, drove it over to the Drews, dumped it on their lawn, spray painted Merry Christmas on the box. Nice. So Lori Drew called the police to report this neighborhood dispute. And I kept seeing references to this police report and how Lori had admitted to all this stuff that she later tried to deny. So I had to go and look up the police report. And it was interesting. What I'm about to say was all in the original police report. So the officer that took Lori's report said that she appeared emotionless and cold when she was telling the story, and that even though she'd called over a destroyed foosball table, she seemed to need to tell him about the story about the MySpace page to explain why they were so so angry. Wait, Mm -hmm. did we already get... Because I'm feeling a little confused. Okay. So... When the other parent, the anonymous parent, called uh-huh. and told the Myers that it was the the Drew lady, uh-huh. did she ever share how she knew, or does that her daughter? Like? Yeah, her oh, daughter so told her. Yeah, I wonder how her daughter knows that an adult was doing it. Though. I'll tell you we how it all know. happened. Yeah. Okay, and then this part right here—it wasn't just Lori. Okay, so Lori called about the box of. Like foosball table. Uh-huh. Did she know that's what was in the box? Like uh-huh. you could tell? I think it was and the box then, that the foosball table came in, maybe. Oh, okay. And so then she calls the police mm-hmm. and then starts admitting. Did Because uh-huh. the Myers never said, I did this because we know. Nope. So she just kind of 
Okay. Yeah. She, the officer said that she just seemed like she needed to tell the story. Like she was looking for his approval or something. Like, mm. like she was looking for somebody to tell her like, it's okay. I don't know. Yeah. According okay. to Lori. I just thought I missed something. No. According to Lori in the police report, she needed to confront her neighbors, the Myers, about her part in Megan's suicide. She said in the months leading up to the suicide, she had instigated and monitored a MySpace account she'd set up with the sole purpose of communicating with Megan about how she felt about the Drew's daughter, Sarah, and what they what Megan had been saying online about her. Ashley Grills, an 18-year-old friend of the Drew family who worked for their direct mail company that they ran out of their house, she had helped create the page and the Josh Evans profile. Lori said that all the communication between Megan and the Josh Evans profile had been typed by her, Sarah, and Ashley. And she also stated to the police that the communication had become, quote, sexual for a 13-year-old. But that she continued uh, the communication anyway. Yeah. She is the responsible party in that. Right. Right. Uh, Lori said somehow other MySpace users were able to gain access to the Josh Evans profile. Okay. And that arguments had broken out between Megan and others on MySpace. In the police report, Lori said that she did think this whole thing contributed to Megan's suicide, but that she didn't feel as guilty because she found out at Megan's funeral that Megan had tried to complete suicide before, which is not true. Megan had never attempted suicide before. Lori, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. Like, doesn't that make it worse that if she had tried to complete suicide before, if she had attempted suicide before Megan... Wouldn't it make it worse yeah. that then you're now tormenting? That you made a profile to bully her? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that you're displaying, like, you're doing that behavior and you have your own daughter and another friend watching you. Right. And participating. Like, they were all doing it together. This is where I get frustrated because I'm like, yes, bullying and mean girl behavior and all that stuff is very real. And we need to monitor, like, Mm -hmm. behavior of young people, young women that partake in this. But how do you mm -hmm. do that when the people that are responsible for doing that are just as bad, if not worse? And dudes too, guys, boys too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because the whole time you're like, okay, this child, somebody's going to tell her mama that she was pretending to be this boy, but then you find out. It's the mama. Who's behind the whole thing? Mm -mm. Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, -N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. 
Creepers under podcast. Subject here available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So Lori then told the police that neighbors had discovered her involvement in Megan's suicide and they had become hostile towards her. Imagine that. Oh, huh. Yeah. She said she tried to confront the Meyer family about this situation several times against the advice of several neighbors by going up to the house and banging on the door, but Mr. Meyer had asked her to leave. Lori wanted the tension in the neighborhood documented in case any of her property was damaged. She insisted. I'm sorry. Right. I cannot believe the audacity. First of all, how mm. dare you call it tension? And second right. of all, oh, in case something happens to your property, these people mm. lost a child. Right. I am right. appalled and offended right. and very fired up. <laughs> I know. She <laughs> she insisted on contacting the Meyer family to inform them of what she knew. Lori stated, again, directly from the police report, which she denies. She says this police officer got it all wrong, took the took her oh, statement down all he? wrong. Yeah. But she said in the police report, she just needed to tell them to relieve herself of the responsibility and apparent guilt. I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm. A week after this report, she sent this note to the Myers. Ron and Tina, we are very sorry for the extreme pain you are going through and can only imagine how difficult it must be. We have every compassion for you and your family. It's you better keep it to your damn self. Mm, keep your <laughs> compassion. Save it. It's apparent from recent happenings in the neighborhood that you have been given information that causes you and now others to believe that we bear heavy responsibility for Megan's death. Though we have wanted to talk to you about information we know, no time yet seemed appropriate. Sorry, I'm trying to like read her damn cursive. <sighs> Things have now taken a turn that suggests that whatever information is being discussed surely goes beyond what we know. You know oh. everything. You know everything because it was you. <laughs> you have made it clear that you do not want to talk with us, at least not at this time. We believe it's important that you give us the opportunity to talk with you as soon as you can bring yourself to do so. Our interest is to make you fully aware of the facts that we are aware of. Sincerely, Lori Drew and Kurt Drew. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? So in that police report, Lori said somehow other users had gained access to the account like she had no idea how. But a girl named Michelle Mulford told her mom the real story of how these other oh. MySpace users had gained access to the account. All right, Michelle, give us the tea. So she said one day that she was over at the Drew's house to hang out with Sarah and someone there, she didn't say who, someone there. And I get the feeling that it was more than just her and Sarah, that there was like a group of girls there. Right. Someone there told her about the account, gave her the password, and encouraged her to join in on the joke. 
The fun. All the fun. It was Michelle that sent the message to Megan that she'd been mean to her friends. The first negative the first. message that Josh had sent that spiraled this whole argument. It's like they would all just sit around in a group and play this big joke on Megan. And Lori encouraged this and participated in it. Like she admitted that in this police report. She's 47 years old. Oh my gosh. So she later backtracked. She tried to say that she hadn't had that much to do with it. But Michelle said that the night Megan went to the hospital, Lori called to tell her something had happened to Megan and to not mention the MySpace account. Called Michelle. Called Michelle. Uh, the child. So, uh, was Lori like just calling everyone that had the password? Probably. That's the only person that we've heard that I've found in the articles, but I'm assuming yes. Mm. Uh, did you say where this took place? O'Fallon, Missouri. Okay, I knew O'Fallon, but Missouri. So, in the New Yorker article, they compared Lori Drew to Wanda Holloway from our Texas cheerleader episode. Oh yes, Juan Juan. Wanda wanted her daughter on the cheer squad so badly that she tried to hire a hitman to take out the cheer competition, who happened to be friends and neighbors of theirs. And mm -hmm. so did Lori Drew. Out of an abundance of just resentment towards what she felt was a slight towards her daughter, she concocted this entire plan to get back at a child. Listen here, mamas. Mm. I, I fully recognize I am not one, although it's a little sure. cute, adorable chowder. Your young women can, can handle it. Have a conversation with them. Talk to them, but the second your crazy ass starts to intervene with whatever stupid ass plan you got, trust me, don't follow through with it, please. Let this right. be your PSA. Sit your ass down and just relax, okay? Right. Lori now says the police report was inaccurate when it said she instigated and monitored the account. She told the prosecutor that she merely agreed to the idea, but that <laughs> Ashley Grills and Sarah had initiated it and created the profile themselves. But A, I don't really think that's much better, Lori. Yeah, Lori, you approved it. <laughs> right. You basically gave it your stamp of approval. Right, you're giving your daughter permission. She's 13. She's looking to you for guidance. You're her role Here's model. Yeah, here's my thing. I don't even care if you didn't even know about it and then you log into your daughter's account and you see it. If you don't stop it, mm -hmm. if you don't have a conversation with her and intervene and stop it, mm -hmm. to me, you're there's and no then take difference. her right now right. to the Myers house down the street so that you can all so that you can all talk together. Yeah, and, and like, she can apologize to your daughter mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. your her daughter takes her own life. That to me, she's like, oh, I, but I knew about it. Mm -hmm. you, the second you find out about it. You stop it. I am so angry. I was about to start clapping. Oh. <laughs> and B, also, that's not what Ashley Grills says. Ashley said that Lori was actively involved in the idea to create the profile to see what Megan was saying about Sarah. She said that she, an 18-year-old, Sarah, a 13-year-old, and Lori, a 47-year-old grown-ass woman, were all standing around spitballing ideas, and the Josh Evans profile was the one that stuck. I also feel like an 18-year-old hanging out with a 13-year-old is a little weird, no? She was a family friend that was employed okay. by them. And they had oh, a mail, right. they had like a direct mail business out of their house. So I think Ashley was yeah. just there a lot working and also yeah. doing this BS on MySpace. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like really 
really shocked by it. I think I'm also very disturbed by that letter of like, when we found an appropriate time, we were going to let you know. Right. Like, are you Maybe kidding? the appropriate time was like fi- two weeks into creating the profile when you realize this is a terrible decision. Yeah. So Ashley admitted that it, that it had been her that sent that last message about the world being a better place without Megan. But she said she sent it because she was trying to end the relationship. She felt bad that it had gone on the way that it had. And she hoped that Megan wouldn't talk to Josh anymore. And Ashley said she'd told Lori that they should end it because Megan was asking to meet up with Josh. And that obviously couldn't happen. After Ashley sent that message, she said Megan sent a reply. She said that Megan said, you're the type of boy a girl would kill herself over. But Sarah Drew said she never saw that message and no one else going through Megan's MySpace seemed to see that outgoing message. So I'm not sure if she sent it or not. Who's claiming she sent that? Ashley. Oh. Ashley said that she was in shock after Megan's death and she blamed herself. Yeah. She ended up in psychiatric treatment for a while after that. And the Myers have said that they don't blame her for Megan's death. When Ashley told the Drews the news about Megan... They told her to delete the MySpace and to not say anything to anyone about it. Not <laughs> everyone involved was made of stone, like Lori. Ashley wasn't. She did feel bad. And after Megan's death, Tina received a message from a girl who had been involved in the fight on the night of Megan's death. The message said, Hi, you might not know me, but my friend used to live in Missouri and be friends with your wonderful daughter. We get made fun of, too, being called whores, etc., but we're doing everything we can to stop bullying because we don't want something this terrible to have to happen to anyone again. We're going to counseling, and I think we're really going to start to make a difference. Mm. I know. It just doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't. I saw this Facebook post last week of this person I know and talking about her daughter getting picked on a little bit for her weight. And just reading it, like, my heart started breaking and it was like, you know, she's starting to feel. And I just, I don't know that I've read something on social media now that I'm getting a little bit older, right? And I'm, like, out of the stage where you get picked on, you know, or whatever. And I'm reading this and, like, my reaction is just so, I was so pained. And I wanted to, like, I think I did end up commenting, but I can't, I don't remember what I said, but I just remember thinking, like, This I feel so strongly about if there was anything I can do, like if there's anything I could. And I truly believe this is why I still work in an organization that's about empowering women. But we do a lot of training about how to be a good friend, how to support people, mental health resources. And I just feel like the only way this is going to get better is if people head on confront it. And I don't know how we get to a place like that when the adults – the freaking Lori Drews of the world are the problem. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. I think that for the most part, like I think the reason why this is such a sensational, crazy story is because it's so unexpected because Mm -hmm. who would do what, what kind of mother 47 year old mom would spitball ideas on how to and yes maybe it got out of hand maybe it wasn't meant to target her or but no I think they wanted they wanted people to find out that Megan was falling for this fake profile and embarrass her and have everybody laugh at her 
you know? Did they and, want this outcome? Probably not. Did no. they know it was going to go this far? No. But did they want to embarrass her and make fun of her and make her feel stupid? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, that's the only reason why you do something like this. Right. And in the least shocking news of all time, Lori Drew has never shown any sort of remorse for this whole thing. Shut up. And she said through a lawyer that she was the undeserving victim of an avalanche of criticism. And it's just really the lack of self-awareness for me. Yeah, well, it's that and a whole lot of other shit for me. Like, And it gets worse. Oh, no, ma'am. Megan had been close with the Drews, like so close she even went on vacation with the family. Lori knew about Megan's history with depression. She knew she took medication for her depression because she took it on that vacation. Tina, Megan's mom, said, I know that they did not physically come up to our house and tie a belt around her neck. But when adults are involved and continue to screw with a 13-year-old with or without mental problems, it is absolutely vile. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, if Lori is not locked up, tell me what I need to do right now. I will. Tina went on (sighs) to say she wanted to get Megan to feel like she was liked by a boy and let everyone know this was a false MySpace and have everyone laugh at her. I don't feel their intentions were for her to kill herself, but that's how it ended. That's a very mature, grieving mother. Mm -hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. Just even to be able to, I don't want to say forgive, but to like have the children, the young teens, mm-hmm. whoever, the friends reach out and to say, you know, like, I don't blame you or, or whatever. I just think like to get to that place, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. The people in the town were furious about this entire situation. At least one person suggested to the sheriff <laughs> suggested to the sheriff they burn the drew house down (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh, was it it, hey it me like yes (laughs) hundreds of get everyone out of it i you know right nobody needs to die yes yes hundreds of people sent emails to the mayor about how shocked and upset they were and the town's board of aldermen passed an ordinance providing for the offenses of harassment and cyber harassment within the city of Darden Prairie, Missouri, which I guess is like the bigger city where they lived. I'm sure. not really sure about the geography of Missouri. Sorry, Missourians. Missourians. Mm-hmm. And then a blog was started called Megan Had It Coming. And it Oh, okay. So at first, it claimed to be anonymous and said their name was Kristen. So thanks for that. But then... With an I or an E? With an E. With an E. Mm-hmm. But then it revealed itself to actually be Lori Drew. <gasps> Shut up! But... Sorry. Very few people think Lori actually wrote the blog. They think that someone was trying to further, like, get people Correct, even more yeah. mad at them. I don't know how I feel because... Well, it worked. It is scathing. It is literally all about how Megan had it coming. There were three entries on this blog. The second entry was about how terrible Megan was at school to other people, to other students. And it it was clearly from the point of view of another middle schooler, like another middle school student at her school. And it was Mm -hmm. detailed. I mean, it detailed mean things Megan did at school to other students and why she deserved the onslaught she got. The third entry revealed itself to actually be Lori. This is actually Lori Drew. I'm the one that did this. And it detailed why she did what she did. And I wasn't even going to bring up this blog 
But then I found it and I read it and it's incredibly <gasps> harsh. Oh, I was going to wonder. I yeah. was wondering if you read it, it. I mean, oh, the blog please. is obviously shut down, but they have yeah. the post. You can still find the post. It paints Megan as a school bully and Lori as someone just trying to protect her poor baby. So I'm just going to take these people's word for it that Lori didn't write it. I-, I agree with a lot of the points they made. Like she was going to court the next day and there's no way her lawyer would have allowed her near a keyboard or that it ends with the line. So come and get me, Internet. And like, why would Lori Drew, who was at the time the target of a lot of harassment, why would she write yeah. that? The voice sounds very juvenile, but the writing is good, like the grammatically, structurally. And if you saw how Megan wrote, you wouldn't think this was written by a kid. You know, there was not an exorbitant amount of emoticons or exclamation marks or misspelled words. Mm. So whether it was Lori or not, the blog. emoticons. (laughs) Well, they weren't emojis then. They were just little. Okay, grandma. So whether it was, I'm going to use the word emoticon in our next episode also, by the way. That's actually why I have it in my head. (laughs) Okay, great. Whether it was Lori or not, the blog certainly didn't do the Drews any favors. People were horrified by the contents of the blog, and everyone mm-hmm. thought Lori had actually written it. I'm I'm still not totally convinced that she didn't, yeah, but I guess I it probably that- wasn't her, but... You know what? She probably didn't write it, and this is really awful, and I shouldn't even say this, but like, oh, so someone's pretending to be you and it's awful oh mm. well yeah doesn't that coming. suck you yeah. know like mm-hmm. ugh. yeah that's true and because of the outrage and probably for no other reason the drews hunkered down neighbors said that kurt drew would get in his minivan to back down to the end of the driveway to check the mail <laughs> <laughs> and sarah drew yeah. stopped going to school which i mm. I feel, I feel, well, I don't know. I I don't know know what her involvement was in this, but I think she's watching regardless, whatever she did. I think she's watching the example being set for her and was very, you know, learning. She was encouraged by the adult. I think she was very impressionable. I think she wrote most of the messages probably were from Sarah, but she's being encouraged by the adult in her life. I, I think that she, learned a very valuable lesson mm-hmm. not valuable that's not really the word i'm looking for more like horrible life altering lesson life altering yeah. lesson yeah well and she's obviously young and impressionable watching her mother no one is stopping her and she obviously probably does not think this she never imagined this being the outcome i'm sure she no. thought she was going to embarrass her friend right and or just no like, one and, stopped it Here's my thing. As the mother, why do you want to find out? If Megan is saying horrible things about Sarah on the internet, why do you want Sarah to find that out? What good is that going to do, Sarah, to yeah. find out that Megan is – if if Megan was on there saying mean things about Sarah or talking about Sarah behind her back and saying mean things about her, if that That's was true – That's when the parents go work it out. You walk down the street right. and you say, look, our, well, sister, our, our girl's got beef. Let's work like, this out. But why would you want – to see that why would you as the mom i can see why sarah would have a you know when you just want to find out like when you you know when you want to find out what people are saying about you even though you know it's bad like even though you know your feelings are going to get hurt like you have that yeah you know i'm nosy as hell yeah i want to find out but what good did Lori think that like that was the whole plan 
to find out how Megan felt about Sarah when they weren't even friends at this point, to find out how she felt about her and to see what she was saying about her online. Why did Lori think that was a good idea for Sarah? Like, I don't understand that at all. So, Man, my my mama would never. (laughs) No. My ass would have been beat. I, you know what I mean? Like, and good. I would have, I don't know. I give Louise a lot of props for not like overly monitoring my, like, I felt like I, but I had like good sound judgment, you know? Right. But I feel like you've got to just, you got to be involved. You got to know what's happening. And when it's not good, you do the right thing. Right. And also for all parents out there, I just want to let you know, they still sell flip phones. Like, flip phones still exist. Like, you don't have to get your kid a smartphone. Just saying. Hey, pagers still exist. I'm just saying. Yes, Kristen and I are not parents, but believe me when I say when we do, my Mm -hmm. kid will be rocking the pager in high school. Um, Rocking the pager. I am not. I don't want my child to get, like, totally (laughs) beaten up. They can have a phone, but does it have to be connected to the internet? Kristen, get him a pager. It builds character. Oh, my God. A pager and a okay. job at the Waffle House. I do House. want my – if I had a kid, I'd want them to be just like you, so I will get them a pager <laughs> and a job at the Waffle House. Oh, God. Uh, it wasn't long before the police got their next call from Lori Drew. Oh, I'm so over her. I know. Two weeks after that first call, Lori reported that someone had thrown a brick through her kitchen window. She told the police she wanted the incident documented, but she did not want her neighbors questioned out of a fear of retaliation. In January, Lori called again to say that Ron Meyer had been harassing her because he blames her for the death of his daughter and, like, actions have consequences, Lori. Well, and just, like, how, like, ruthless, like, oh, they're blaming me for the death of their daughter, like, it's no big deal. She said that she was out shoveling her driveway and Ron drove by shouting, who are you going to kill today? <gasps> so the officer told Lori how to get a restraining order because Lori had said that she wouldn't let Sarah walk to school or play outside because of a fear of safety for her family. But Lori said she didn't want to take the issue to court. She said ah. she'd put up security cameras and would call with any other developments. So did Sarah move schools? Uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Not yet. And call again, she did. In April, Lori called the police to report that someone had shot a single orange paintball at her sunroom window. Oh, my God, Lori. Just go clean it off. Just go clean it off. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but you're not getting sympathy from me. (sighs) Don't feel bad for you. I've never felt less bad for somebody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Lori let the responding officer watch the surveillance tape, but they couldn't identify any suspects. And Lori said she didn't want to give the tape to them because she expected the Myers to file a civil suit against her and wanted to be able to use that tape in a defense, which the Myers uh, the- never did file a civil suit, but I wish they had. Oh, really? No, they didn't. Hmm. The harassment ex- extended past the neighborhood. Pretty soon, the Drews had gone viral. Their home address was published on message boards. Someone sent out Kurt's business address under the title Child Killer. People started calling the business advertising with the Drews direct mail business. Someone even hacked into Lori's voicemail and, like, deleted her outgoing message and recorded something really terrible that I couldn't find out what it was. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I appreciate the ingenuity, but I mean, more bullying isn't going to fix bullying. But no, I agree. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of fun. I am like, yeah, shocked. There were YouTube videos about them. The Drews were everywhere. A reporter named Steve Pokin initially broke the story that made national headlines, but he actually initially refused to print Lori's name because he was trying to protect Sarah. Once he printed Lori Drew's name, it would just be way too obvious to figure out who her daughter was. And he had a feeling people would be pissed. But they figured it out anyway. (laughs) Soon after, Tina ran into Lori at the mall. She started following her around as Lori tried to get businesses to advertise with her company. And Tina would like go into the businesses after Lori left and tell them what she did and ask them not to advertise with her. <laughs> Mad respect, Tina. Yeah. Mad respect. <laughs> and like Lori, I didn't put this in my notes, but I remember Lori confronted her and was like, can you stop? And Tina said, I will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my God. Jack Bannis, the prosecuting attorney in, in the area, he made an announcement that they would not be charging the Drews with anything. He said the Drews were guilty of terrible judgment that sent that set off this chain tragic chain reaction and deep insensitivity in the aftermath, but nothing else, nothing criminal. I'm sorry, but that that has to account for something. <laughs> uh, yeah, they yeah they caused a chain reaction and then were super insensitive. They, I mean, like okay, after the fact, yeah, you can't even read the room. Yeah, like because this is 2006 and there's not a single true. a single state that has cyberbullying on the on the books but enter thomas p o'brien the united states attorney in california who decided that he would find a law that Lori drew had broken yes he would even prosecute the case himself which was highly unusual he said if you are going to attempt to go after a little girl and you're going to use the internet to do this to do so this office and others across the country will hold you responsible Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Thomas P. O'Brien. Thomas P. O'Brien. Mm-hmm. You're my mm-hmm. episode hero. Yep. So he decided that the law that Lori Drew broke would involve the MySpace terms of service agreement they entered into when they created the profile. And O'Brien yep. could prosecute the case because MySpace's servers are housed in California. So the victim in this case would not be Megan Meyer. It would be MySpace. Oh, my gosh. You can't see me, but I'm doing victory (laughs) arms. (laughs) Poor Tom. (laughs) Oh, Tom. He was always on your top eight. Yeah. Not on mine. I did not have Tom on my top eight. No, he always started as like number one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. When you make your page. On May 15th, 2008, Lori Drew was indicted by a federal grand jury in California on four charges. The first count said that Lori and her co-conspirators had violated the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, or CFAA, because they intentionally accessed a computer used in interstate commerce to obtain information from the computer in order to inflict emotional distress. Check. Yep. Counts two through four accused Lori of violating the CFAA because they broke the MySpace Terms of Service Agreement by creating the fake profile, using false information, and then used it to post messages. Check, check, check. Basically, O'Brien was saying, like, we don't have laws on the books right now against cyberbullying, but we should, especially in a case of adults bullying a child. And we're going to do what we can with what we've got to try and get justice in this case. 
And the way he prosecuted it, like, you'd think he was prosecuting a homicide case, not a computer fraud case. Well, he, I feel like he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During the trial, Sarah Drew testified. She cried while talking about how Megan had told her twice before that she wanted to kill herself, even told her how she would do it, but admitted that Sarah had never told anyone. And I just think it's so important that we tell teenagers That even if we think someone is joking, if their friend threatens to kill themselves, you must tell someone. It's literally life and death. Yeah. Absolutely. She said she was devastated by Megan's death. And I can't imagine. And I, I, again, I think we all need to remember that Sarah was a 13-year-old kid making poor choices with poor judgment following the lead of her mother. But also, when asked if she thought she had any part in Megan's death, she said, without hesitation, no. Oh. And I don't think that's true either. So. Yeah. Her testimony was filled with contradictions and reversals. And again, I think she's a kid with poor role models. But this whole thing really revolved around the MySpace terms of service. And if Lori Drew intentionally violated them by creating the Josh Evans account. Ashley Grills was given immunity to testify against Lori, but she testified that though both Sarah and Lori were with her when the profile was created, Ashley was the one that clicked through and hit accept and all of that. Not Lori. Sarah testified that Lori wasn't even home at all when that happened. And Mm. Lori's lawyer said that no one can intentionally violate the terms of service because no one reads them. And he's right. <laughs> I mean, I was just about to say, like, I've never <laughs> checked. No. I acknowledge. There's a horrible South Park episode all about that that I'm not going to even tell you about. Yeah, please don't, because that show is awful. It's really bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't work. The jury deadlocked on count one, probably because they didn't really understand it as much as I didn't. But they found her <laughs> not guilty. <laughs> But they found her not guilty on counts two through four. She was found guilty of a misdemeanor, but that's it. And then she filed a motion for acquittal and it was granted. Mm -hmm. And sadly, because of the way the law was written at the time, that was what needed to happen. Criminalizing the violation of a website's terms of service is probably not something. It's not a rabbit hole. We as a society should want to go down, even if I really would like Lori Drew to spend a few years in prison. I mean, we just didn't have the laws in place at the time. You know, I think it's. Yeah. The things yeah. like this or why we have those in play or why they're becoming, you know, put in Right, play. why they come in place, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is really um, sad. And also, I just realized this is week three of white women who got away with it all. So I got another theme going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get added to the list, people. Don't get added to the list. Because I we will had- <laughs> just torch you. I will just – yeah flame you the whole way we had uh candy last week and then bell gunness the week before mm-hmm. and i guess even before that we yeah. had a little bit of a uh, sharon murphy you know we don't really mm-hmm. know the meyer uh the myers never did file a civil suit against Lori drew like she feared they would and i wonder if they had what the outcome would have been in that like if a jury would have found Lori at fault in a civil suit mm-hmm. if not a criminal trial it's just not the same bar you know right it's totally different, but you have a higher bar in a civil right in a civil suit. Like like you should be a better person in a civil suit. The law is like the bottom of the barrel. Like that's the right. least you can do is follow the law. Like, you know? can I just not try you in a court of moral compass? Right. And that's kind of what a civil right. suit is, you know, more. 
But something good did come out of Megan's death. On May 16th, 2008, the day after Lori was indicted and also known as About Damn Time, Missouri legislators approved an addition to the state's harassment law to include cyberbullying. Oh, awesome. Yeah. These laws include statutes that mandate that school boards must adopt policies to address cyberbullying, statutes that criminalize harassing minors online, and statutes providing for cyberbullying education. And as of today, all but Alaska and Wisconsin have some sort of cyberbullying law on the books, and a federal law has been proposed as well. And many states, including Texas, have statutes that allow schools to discipline for off-campus behavior, including cyberbullying, which rarely happens on school grounds. Mm -hmm. And I believe if those laws had been on the books in 2006, that criminal charges would have been brought against Lori and maybe also even Sarah and Ashley Grills. Yeah. Um, I have an important question. Yeah. Alaska and Wisconsin, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting – like, what is up with you? Do you just not, like – I mean, is Wisconsin just so full of, like, good, nice people and farmland and – Is it just too cold in Alaska for computers to work? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) That's how I feel. It's supposed to get down to, like, 17 degrees here, and I'm like, okay, so, like, I just won't – I I will not be doing anything. A hundred percent. Will not be leaving. One hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. So where are they now? Oh, God. Please don't even tell me. <laughs> I don't even care about Lori. Don't even. I don't even want to hear it. My ears will bleed. No. Okay. <laughs> really? Where is she at? I don't know a whole lot about where she is, but she was shunned by her community and the family moved to a different state. You know where she's um, at? She's off the radar. <laughs> she is. She's she really is off the radar. I believe I read somewhere a long time ago when I like kind of first heard about this case that she changed her name, but I couldn't find anything about that when I was researching for the episode, so I'm not sure. She's like probably legally changed like her full name, first, middle, last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tina and Ron got divorced pretty soon after. I mean, within a couple of years. It was just too hard to stay together with their grief over Megan. Both of them say they know it's not what Megan would have ever wanted. And Tina decided to dedicate her life to informing children and anyone else who would listen about the dangers of bullying and cyberbullying. She started the Megan Meyer Foundation in 2007, whose vision statement is to live in a world where bullying and cyberbullying no longer exist. They say they believe that through empowering our society to celebrate individuality and the acceptance of others, that we can work together to make a difference and create a safer and kinder world. And you can find them at MeganMeyerFoundation.org. Meyer is M-E-I-E-R. And I will have that link in the show notes. How do you spell Megan? Is it just the M-E-G-A-N? Or is there an H? Yep. Okay. M-E-G-A-N. I was looking it up. Um, Man, I just have so many feelings and, like, thoughts and so many things I want to tell. I mean, I just... Just like you said, you know, even if you think it's a joke to tell someone, I think about, um, you know, that's great if for, like you said, junior high and high school. But I think that happens a lot with college age women, young adults, like people our age. I mean, I know that I've checked in. There's this awesome website, Seize the Awkward. Have you seen any of their stuff? Uh-uh. It's really it, – I like that it really talks about like, yes, it is uncomfortable or awkward to have a conversation about mental health with someone you care about. But – you just do it, like just seize that, like, you know, and mm-hmm. it it's a cool mm-hmm. website. It has resources on there about how can you just like start the conversation with a friend, like, hey, you're acting differently. Is everything okay? Hey, I just want to check in. 
But it's also okay to know that you're not a professional. And if you can just ask the right questions and get that person to seek resources or you go with them to the resources, like you cannot always carry the emotional burden of fixing someone. You know, you're not a medical or mental health professional, but it's about getting your friends listening, getting them what they need, you know, if you can. And it's just a cool website, but. Ooh. And I think sometimes even just asking the question yeah. is is enough. You know, just asking somebody if they're okay. Right. And letting them know that that you care about them. And a lot of times, yeah, that is all that we can do. We can um, educate ourselves about the warning signs mm-hmm. um, and look out for those in our friends. And yeah, you know, um, try to get them help as much as we can. Right. But. And I think, too, there's been times I've texted a friend or just checked in, and I never knew that that was something – like, I, I wasn't even doing it to, you know, like, hey, something's Right, because you but, had an idea that something was wrong. Right. And sometimes they'll tell you, like, I've been in a really hard spot, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, oof. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have been just, like, really sad, you mm-hmm. know, for whatever reason, and I feel alone or just lonely and I'm by myself and then I'll I get a text from somebody mm-hmm. and I'm like you just have no idea how much I needed to like hear from somebody right now. Yeah. You know? So, you know, text your friends, let them know that you are there and care. Text your friends, seize the awkward, talk to them. Tell tell a parent if they're Yeah, normal. and let's link um let's maybe link that website yeah. in the show notes as well for sure. Hey, peeps and creeps. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear from all of you, so find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CreepersPod. And you can also email us any feedback, case suggestions, or really cute pictures of your dog, CreepersPod at gmail.com. Also, a huge thanks to everyone who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We hit our goal yes. of 100 reviews in 100 days. We got it. Thank you so We actually surpassed it. So thank you so much to everyone. We loved reading them. We were like texting back and forth. It was so much fun. They made us just feel so good. We love it. Yes. And not only that, they really help out the podcast in a huge way. So if you liked this episode and you have an iPhone, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate us on Audible and on Podchaser. So that sounds fun. And be sure, yeah, and be sure to subscribe to True Crime Creepers so you'll have our next episode as soon as it drops when I'll tell MoGab another wild story. Bye, peeps and creeps. That felt like a good one.